Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal podcast. I'm your host, Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno. I'll be interviewing a different chef each fortnight, but asking the very same questions and their answers are all very different, which is what makes each interview so inspiring. And a very big welcome back to you all. Here we are. We're in June already. How did that happen? The half a year has flown by. It's gone so fast. Been super busy since the last season, doing lots of different restaurant visits. And of course, I went to Switzerland to do a few visits there. And of course, interview both chefs, Sven Vesma and Andreas Caminada, both of which feature later in the season. Can't wait to share those with you. And then I've been really busy. Of course, I was in attendance at the Michelin Awards. The ceremony was incredible. It was a brilliant night catching up with everyone. And then I won the Code Hospitality's Women of the Year Award for Leader, Leader of the Year, which totally blew me away. Thank you to so many of you who voted for me. It was massively humbling just to be nominated, let alone to win. And ah, really just validated all my hard work here since opening my site here in London and doing everything I've been busy doing. And uh, of course, since leaving Mallorca from the pandemic, which ties in quite nicely because of course, the first chef here is Mark Fosh, who will be launching into his interview in a moment. But I got to know Mark very well. He's a wonderful friend of mine. And after spending 10 years in Mallorca, I got to know him very well. He's super talented, British chef, managed to get his Michelin star many, many years ago in Mallorca for all his hard work and recognized for that. He's retained it ever since. He's doing incredible things. He's an incredible talent, but he's got a wonderful backstory of which we'll delve into now. And yeah, just everything ties up pretty perfectly with regards to how connected we all are and the crossovers between us all. And once again, just all the good eggs and with the crossover and a love for good food and good people and like-minded individuals who are filled with pride, passion, integrity, ambition and love, which is what My Muy Bueno is all about in all the ways. So here we are. Let's jump into this first interview of the season. I give you Mark Fosh, everyone. Mark Fosh, very big welcome to My Muy Bueno HQ in London. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for coming. It's good to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, absolutely. Last yeah, time was yeah. in Mallorca, pre-pandemic, properly yeah. our last proper catch-up. Yeah, yeah so good yeah. to have you yeah. here. Very special having Mark here from all the way in Mallorca, where obviously I used to be. And yeah, he's popped over now for a few days. You're here in London to enjoy some London life and food. Yeah, and... I mean, we love coming over for a few days and trying a few restaurants. And we, I still love this city. You Spoilt know. for choice. Where did you eat last night? Um, well, we were really lucky. We had a restaurant story last night, which was incredible. We amazing. Had an amazing meal, and uh, they really looked after us. Very cool. It was, uh, it was great to be back in London. Good. London's glad to have you here. Mark, how old are you now? I'm 59, <gasps> so I'm really getting on these wow. days. Wow. When are you um, 60? When's your 60? In, in August. Oh, wow. This so, year. Yeah, it's yeah. the big six. Oh, that's huge. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's a big year for us, you know, and I'm, uh, it's funny as you. As you get into your late fifties, and you—I mean, sixty for me was a, is is going to be tough. I think you know, like to accept it. <laughs> You'd be fine. It's nice and distinguished, and it's a whole new yeah. new cycle, new era. That's amazing. 
How old were you when you first started cooking professionally? Professionally, kind of 16 when I started. So, right. Um, so I was wow. fairly young, yeah. Where and was I, that? I started at the greenhouse in, in London. Wow. Uh, in those days, the greenhouse was... Is that Gary Rhodes days or something? Was no, that? it was pre-Gary Rhodes. Wow. Gary Rhodes was actually working in the sister restaurant in the Capitol Hotel, I think, at that time. Wow. Um, it's proper old school era, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, wow. um, so because we're fairly similar age. And in those days, the greenhouse was more like a brasserie, I think. It was more like Langan's. You right. know, it was uh, kind of doing a hundred and something covers a service. Incredible. So it was a really good training ground because you really had to hit the ground running there. I'm sure. Wow. Um, so there wasn't what? too many guys in the kitchen. And so everybody was an important cog in the wheel in the kitchen there. Right. That time. Um, so for me, it was a brilliant start. And I think I was very lucky. The interview I had for the job was with Brian Turner. No way. Yeah, That's yeah. incredible. Oh, and, wow. Because um, he was the executive chef basically of the two restaurants and he was at the Capitol. That's incredible. And so I went to the Capitol and had the interview with Brian Turner and basically he said, oh, when can you start? And I said, well, you know, I need to find somewhere to live and yeah. then, then uh, I can start. So two weeks later, I found a bed sit in Notting Hill and started. And that was it. That was the that beginning. Was yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah, and so being I, part of that back then, I mean. They must have been pretty desperate because <laughs> I, I hadn't really had any experience. I, I did one year at culinary school. So <laughs> that was it. Everything you know, else so. you had to learn on the job though. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. So how long were you there for? I was there about two and a half years. Wow, amazing. And, um, so that was the foundations, really, yeah, of everything. Yeah. And from there I went to the Carlton Tower on Cadogan Place. And in those days, on the first floor, they had a restaurant called the Chelsea Room. And it was a Michelin-style restaurant on the first floor of the Carlton Tower. And there was an old uh, French chef called Bernard Gorm. Very, very classical, basically French cooking, really okay. heavy on the butter and cream. Yeah. And, uh, but he used to bring in these amazing ingredients over from France. So there was another, it was a totally different school, I think, in the Carlton Towers for us. Okay. Um, and it was great to learn, again, really, really classical French cooking. And I was lucky there as well because I spent time in the pastry section and stuff like that. So I kind of worked my way around the different sections, was in the butchery and stuff like that. Wow. In those days they had the butchery section. So it was a very good training as well, good grounding. Absorbing all yeah, of these yeah. different skills and techniques and yeah, other chef yeah. working with other chefs. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. Okay. What's your earliest and fondest first memory of food? Wow. I think, um, I think it probably goes back to uh, Sunday lunches. You know, I still really enjoy a roast chicken and, you know, it's almost like still my favourite dish and all the trimmings, you know, roast potatoes and vegetables and gravy. and you know, comforting like, like, factor. Yeah, and, uh, you know, every Sunday I think we'd have a, a different roast at home, you know, when I was growing up and my parents would go to the pub and leave the vegetables on for, you know, three hours cooking, you know, and so come you back. use the back of your fork <laughs> yeah, to mash exactly. down and the colour of the green was no longer graves. Yeah, That's yeah, why so. there's a world of people out there who hate Brussels sprouts because of that. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Um, That's probably going to answer another question a bit later on as well, I think, in that one. But which chefs inspire you most and why? Oh, it's such a difficult one, that one, because these days, I mean, when when I first started cooking, there was basically only three or four or five kind of cookery books from very classic old French chefs that you could kind of get your hands on. Of course, on. yeah. You know, so it was always, you know, Michel Garard, the Trago brothers and these kind of books that first came out, you know. Okay. And then uh, I really got in um, to Michel Brass you know, early wow. on. You know? okay. And uh, he was a big inspiration, I think, for our style of cooking as we went on. So he's definitely one. And when I went to the restaurant some years later, it just blew me away. I think it was just an amazing experience, but it's quite a long time ago these days. 
When I look around now the world, I mean, there's so many great, inspiring chefs. It's just it's incredible. It's impossible to yeah, try and pinpoint yeah, which ones. Yeah, it really <laughs> is because there's so many. You mm. know, and, and, uh, and you just think, wow. And obviously, having spent the last 30 years in Spain, yes, living through all the kind of boom of El Bulli with Adria, which was, you know, amazing to live through that, mm. really, um, and, and go there right at the beginning when I first went to El Bulli and no one had heard of it. Yeah. You went before it even became all of the more molecular stuff then, yeah, I guess. No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, wow. yeah. Because when I first moved to Spain, I got a job in San Sebastian with Martin Bresetegui. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, and again, I just kind of knocked on his door and, and I said, uh, and I couldn't speak any Spanish and he didn't speak any English. <laughs> Um, so it was a good start. And, um, <laughs> that you could cook. Yeah, and he basically said, uh, yeah, you can start tomorrow. So that was kind of, you know, another strange thing. When And the next day I was kind of cooking in San Sebastian and uh, had no idea of the language. And I had to pick it up pretty quickly. Wow. But Martin Berestategui, um, obviously in those days, he just won his first star. So he was, he was just starting out, really. He wasn't the multi, multi-starred chef that he is now. You know? I don't know, he's got like 12 or 14 Michelin stars these days, you know. Uh, he's got two restaurants with three stars and, you know, Amazing. a couple with two. And, they all tot up, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, he was an inspiration as well. And uh, if I look around, even in London here, there's so many fantastic chefs. You know, Spoiled and, choice. Uh, yeah, Incredible. Yeah, 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 it's just amazing. So. So, yeah, too many to mention, unfortunately. Okay. No, everyone's always in the same position, or no. they don't want to offend their friends either. No, no, exactly. <laughs> Can't make me pick two. Right, well, let's go with two favourite cookbooks, though, and why. Two favourite cookbooks. Well, you know, talking earlier, I think the initial uh, Michel Brass uh, cookbook, when that first came out, um, it was very colourful, it was very, very fresh, it was uh, amazing. And it kind of started to change my philosophy on food. I think at that time I'd just moved to Mallorca and so our food was much more Mediterranean, focusing okay. on sunshine food yes, and much more colourful food. Lovely. And I guess the other one, which I, I would imagine most chefs of my age would probably say, or slightly younger than me, was probably White Heat, no? Okay, nice, um, yeah. Just because uh, it was just an amazing book when it first came out mm -hmm. and, and the impact that it had on everyone, and especially being in London at the time or whatever, you gave everyone hope that they could attain that kind of status. You yeah. Because uh, there wasn't too many people who had that kind of status at that time. And Marco was incredible, you know. It was just, uh, you know, phenomenal. Amazing. Love it. Okay. Which two ingredients could you not live without? Yeah, for me, it's fairly simple and it's basically the start of every meal that we have at the restaurant and it's kind of olive oil and salt. Obviously, uh, cooking in the Mediterranean, olive oil is just fundamental. It's like good butter maybe here in the UK. And you use really good olive oil, I'm sure. Yeah, it's... we're really lucky that we, we have a friend of ours who produces our olive oil for the restaurant. And, and he, he, This guy used to be a bank manager and he came in one day with a little bottle of olive oil and said, uh, you know, I've got some olives in my backyard and I'm going to produce olive oil. And I kind of put it on a shelf for a couple of weeks and forgot about it. And then he came back for lunch, I think a few weeks later. And he said, you try the olive oil. And I said, to be honest, Amber, I go and try it right now. And I, and I opened the bottle and poured it in. And it was so fresh and fruity and alive, this olive oil. And I said, you should go into the olive oil business. This is the best olive oil I've ever tasted wow. in my life. And two years later, he went into the olive oil business full time and um, quit the bank. And he's done incredibly well. He's so happy driving around on his tractor, smoking a big fat cigar. Living life, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. 
Love um, it. Yeah. And then salt as well. Yeah, good salt. I mean, I think if you can get really good salt, uh, luckily, obviously, in Mallorca as well, now, um, there's this wonderful floor de sal. Of course, there's and, no molding uh, for you over in Mallorca. You've no, got the floor no, de sal to champion. And it's very, very clean, very, very pure, and it's not refined in any way. And so, so just having those two basic ingredients that you can just dip some nice bread into, you know, they're there. They're two ingredients that I could uh, couldn't imagine being without. Wonderful. What is so? Maybe you you might have kind of semi answered this earlier. What is your favourite comfort food to cook at home? Um, is it going to be a roast? Well, it probably oh. would be. I mean, we, we actually had a roast chicken. I think just before we came over oh, really? on Sunday. Yeah. See, I found after living home. in Mallorca, it's just the one tradition. I could, it doesn't matter what time of year <laughs> it would be, because even you know you don't have the winters like you have here in the UK, but sure. could never break on a Sunday, even if it was sunny outside. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had days of doing a paella in the garden, but the yeah, rest of the time yeah, no, it had to be a roast. I mean, I, do, I mean, I absolutely love paella, and I love to cook it outside at mm. home, and, and I'd really enjoy it. And in Mallorca we have another rice dish called a Roth Brut, which is a really rustic kind of stew with with kind of sort of game and sometimes there's quail in it and snails oh, yeah. and stuff. I've never had that. No, no, it's really, really yum. nice. And, and next time uh, I come over, yeah, come yeah, to yeah. yours, it's, it's you just have to make one. Yeah, it's just flavoured with a couple of spices, which is quite unusual mm. in Mallorcan food. Mm. But so a Roth Brut is another great comfort dish that I love uh, anyway, when I'm going to a restaurant in Mallorca, a very classic one. Yeah, okay, right. I know I'm going to come and eat the next time I'm back. Thank you. If you could eat at any Michelin star restaurant in the world today, where would it be and why? Just one. Yeah, it's another really... On your hit list anywhere in the world. If you could just transport yourself there tomorrow. Yeah, I think I started looking at, uh, I mean, as I said, there's so many amazing chefs and uh, and I'm very lucky that we travel and so we go to so many amazing restaurants over the world. And so there's not too many that are on our list that we haven't visited. But one of them that uh, that I really wanted to go to was a Terra in, in New York. Ronnie, yeah, it's amazing Ronnie there. Yeah. I was there a few years ago. He's, yeah. You've got to go. Yeah, in fact, I think you said that Lone Isle yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to go now. Well, the amazing thing is that now they do direct flights during the summer from Mallorca to New York. Really? Yeah, so we're starting to get a lot of people That's from New York great. in the restaurant these days, you know. Wow. And um, so Iris and I, we, we kept saying, oh, we have to just uh, hop on a fly and go 100%. to New York for a few days. And um, we'll definitely make a pilgrimage to a terra, hopefully this year. Yes, you know? this year. You're going to yeah, do it. It's got to so. happen now. You know, what I've seen of his food, I really like. It's so pure and simple in lots of ways, but technically it's really, really strong and and the vibe there, it's just such an intimate setting. There's only a small amount of seats yeah. and music's super yeah. hip and cool. It's just yeah, a very, yeah. I won't say anything more, but it's epic. It's amazing. Cool. It's my favorite place to eat when I was in New York. So you're going to love it. Cool. Oh, well, I think the obvious one here, who would you take as your guest? Oh. <laughs> I would definitely take my wife, Edith. <laughs> She would kill Say me. Say Iris would, yes. Yeah. It's usually the same answer for she everyone. Would, she would absolutely kill Good me. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> and if I was going to spend a few days in New York, there wasn't anybody else I'd really want to spend time with. No, so Very good answer. Well done. <laughs> what do you look for in a good chef? Oh, another tough question. But I think um, 
Most of the time, I think honesty. You know, um, I love chefs. Uh, it could be a very, very simple restaurant, or it could be, you know, a three-star restaurant. But when you see uh, somebody cooking honest food, and you can see their soul on a plate, almost. So uh, yeah, some kind of integrity, honesty there behind the food, and that they're not trying too hard, or they're not trying to be something they're not. Yes. And I think just respect for the ingredient as well. You know, yes. like uh, these days, um, just a massive fan of just letting ingredients shine through and being very very clean Mm -hmm. and it's just so nice when you go to a restaurant where you actually eat just a wonderful product it's not been tampered with too much really just overcomplicated um which is great to see that there's so many restaurants like um we're talking about echibari and stuff Mm -hmm. like that in spain for us where you just go there and it's just an ingredient based uh, experience they're all cooked over the fire, but it's just so simple and, and you kind of think, wow, you know, it's just... That simplicity, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. purity of just the product and the ingredients yeah, itself, I mean, the speaking last for time itself. We, we had the red prawn uh, oh. cooked there and it just comes whole, the red Some prawn. Some of them are huge, you see people like yeah. have them on their arm or something, yeah. massive, and amazing. You, and you just flavor. start to, yeah, and you have to suck these things dry. You know, oh my goodness. the flavour's all on the outside. Yum, and that's it, what I miss about Mallorca, as well, the, the, the sweet air prawns, yeah, yeah, I miss exactly. them. Yeah. So I took them for granted, and then he just yeah, yes, yeah. oh, they're and so rip, sweet. You know, rip the heads off and just suck all the juice from the head because oh. it's just so full of flavour. Delicious. And um, yeah, by the time you get to the actual prawn, it's the least interesting yeah, bit. On the you've prawn, had all the yeah. other flavour yeah, already yeah, for the head, yeah. and for, yeah, fantastic. Okay, what advice would you give to chefs starting their career paths now? I think probably. Um, Take your time. I think um, too many chefs uh, these days, you know, they want to, they're too quick to, to get on. Get up here already. Yeah, and um, and get a good grounding. I mean, you know, I'm always amazed about, I was very lucky, I think, as I said earlier, you know, spending time, for example, in the pastry section at the Carlton Tower years ago. And, and I worked for Martin Bresetegan. I worked in the pastry section for a while there. And, and in San Sebastian, I got a job as a pastry chef for a little while. But I'm always amazed by so many head chefs. And when you ask them, you know, they've got no experience in pastry. And they, sometimes when you go to a restaurant, there's a style and then it totally changes when it gets to the dessert, yes. you know, because you can see that. That's where they're limited yeah, to there. They've and then they've in, got that amazing pastry team yeah, to take over. Exactly. And, they've got in some French pastry chef or whatever <laughs> who's doing what, but it, the style is totally different. You yeah, Sometimes you see that. So I would say get just get a good grounding and go through and because then you can really build on it, you know, and you know, learn just the classics and yeah. in Spain I, I do feel certainly with the El Bouilly explosion which was fantastic in so many ways, but it did kind of put them back a little bit in some ways, you know, because most of them couldn't make a hollandaise, but they could make amazing foams and they could, you know, make <laughs> An sponges. An olive spherification. and whatever. But if you ask them to make a hollandaise, they kind of look at you Stop. as if you were like, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, get a good grounding, try mm. and go through each section and not be in too much of a hurry, I'd say. Good, great answer. How has the pandemic or how did the pandemic affect your restaurant and how did you adapt and evolve throughout? It's a weird one because I think initially you had the initial kind of you were a little bit scared and, and worrying about when you were going to reopen and how you were going to reopen. And, but it was an amazing, it was an amazing time because you kind of worked through it and you, all these obstacles are thrown at you and all these challenges and how you deal with it. 
And it made me think about how people in our industry are so brilliant uh, dealing with adversity and, and mm. challenges and, and they're very creative. Mm. And, um, and, and it's quite inspiring when you kind of think about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, how much everyone you, adapted and evolved. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we um, started, you know, as well, delivering and cooking from home almost, you know, Iris and I, and then started driving around the island delivering food to all our clients who, who really supported us. And it was kind of, we had this totally different business, which, you know, we, could order everything online so we set up a shop online and stuff but when we reopened the restaurant we suddenly had no time to be able to carry on with it. <laughs> but it suddenly was in the back of our mind and we had this other business model that yeah, worked yeah. it's kind of all set up you know the website's still dormant but it's still there amazing but i think it made us reflect it gives you time to reflect on what you're doing and where you're going and so often i think in in business you kind of just got your head down and you're you're on the wheel and you're just you know running your business and running your restaurant but to have that kind of break like that and have time to reflect and think about what you're doing. You know, we decided to do less covers in the restaurant, to try and have less stress. Yeah. To close two days a week. When Quality we were four, over quantity. Seven, yeah. Both life and um, just to, living. And... Yeah, and we suddenly realized that um, we could, we, we probably had to put the prices up a little bit, but um, we can do less covers, we can close two days a week and, and probably have a better life quality. Mm. And basically the business is still going strong. And so after 14 years, we've been open now in Palmer. Incredible, because you got your Wendy, and then you've retained your Michelin star now for how long? At this location, um, yeah, when it, I think it was 2013. So, yeah, well, it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible because uh, before that was obviously Reeds. Yeah, so that was, yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah I, had the, I had the start Reeds for yeah another 10 years it's or whatever. Incredible. Yeah. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So Congratulations, nice. yeah, Mark. Nice, really, nice. it's wonderful. Can you share any wisdom from the experience so far with others? Have you changed and has your cooking changed? It's always great. When I come back to London, I always think about, you know, how everything's changed in London and, and how there's so many great restaurants. And for me, just going to Mallorca and starting to deal with, when I'm seeing all the Mediterranean produce and stuff like that, I think that kind of really changed me and my philosophy and, and stuff like that. So, so Mallorca changed me, I think, a lot. And it also uh, became home very quickly. We have a saying in Mallorca, you know, they say, if you stay for one year, you stay forever. You know, it didn't work out in your case. Yeah, well, exactly. The giant pandemic hit me very hard over there. <laughs> but we got our friendship from yeah, it, so it was good. But yes, you were there for you, your roots are firmly. Yeah, yeah, it's you. I couldn't yeah. imagine you anywhere else now. No, I mean, no, no, just no. wouldn't feel be right. It's great to get off the island. It's great to travel. It's great to come to London. But to be honest, for Iris and I, whenever we step back or we fly back into Palma, we're always very happy to be home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful island. Yeah, I yeah, miss it. It is. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Beautiful yeah, it place is. to yeah, live. It's stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, obviously, London has so much more to offer in, in so many different ways. Yeah. But Mallorca, generally, life quality. You know, has its has its uh, highs. A lot well. of perks, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Of... Island life. <laughs> yeah, I miss not just being able to just pop out and jump in the so ocean. I'm not, sure whether I answer, <laughs> I'm not sure whether I answered your question. Yeah, but... no, it's all good. It's all good. And so, just finally, because keeping an eye on time, we're all going to go and uh, Iris and Mark and I are going to go and eat at River River Cafe for lunch, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Fantastic. It's yeah, it's one of, our, one of our favorites. Yes. So um, that wraps our interview. But just one more thing, I wanted to ask about because you pitch a guitar up recently and i watched a little video of you and a whole load of chefs in mallorca not yeah. too long ago that iris sent me yeah, tell well, us that, a bit more that was about one of the things that. about the pandemic you know because i had uh, i think iris bought me a guitar about 10 years ago like bob geldof where are you like <laughs> what's going on 
and, created um, something special. And it kind of, well, the guitar sat in the corner, just decorated the room, I think. And then during the pandemic, I just started picking up the guitar and, and just learning a few chords. And then I started to write songs, you know. And um, <laughs> and then I had have this, you ever done that before? That's just not really. Just yeah, yeah, came. yeah. Just uh, just sort of came, you know. I think one, you know, just started writing a few songs, and then now I've I've got a neighbour, a German friend of ours who lives around down the road, and uh, he's got a music studio in his house. <laughs> so so we go there and we kind of you know try and put some things together and stuff, which is fantastic. Amazing. So I had this one song, and um, as chef, you're always asked to do sort of dinners to raise money for whatever charities and stuff like that, especially during Christmas. Sure. And the run up to Christmas, and so I thought it would be great to try and do something different. So yeah. uh, so I had this one song, and then I started asking the chefs if they'd be interested in singing and maybe trying to raise money in a different kind of way. Yeah. And most of them kind of said, yeah, they'd do it, but they had no idea how to sing. <laughs> Um, the, the original idea that we would get together maybe with a few of the chefs because I know Adrian Kidglass, he, he's got a Mitchin Stein Palmer and he plays the drums. He's a good. And he was one of your chefs as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, he's my sous chef for a yeah. long time, yeah. yeah. And uh, Santi Tower, another one, he plays bass. And, and so the, the initial idea that we'd maybe. Santi plays Yeah, he plays he a little bass. bass. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and uh, yeah, he was at my house one day. And when I, I got a bass guitar upstairs, now, so I, I brought it downstairs and we started playing a bit. And then I kind of realized that we probably needed to get together with some professional musicians. <laughs> And, How um, we sound, guys? Yeah, I think we need some help. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. So, so, and I found that some fantastic local uh, musicians in Mallorca who helped us out. And, um And it was really quite daunting because I just had this song which I'd obviously played on my acoustic guitar. And when I had the original meeting with these guys, I said to them, uh, you know, I think I've got a song because they originally said to me, oh, do you want us to write a song? Or, right. And I said, well, yeah, I think uh, I might have one. You yeah, know? yeah. And they said, oh, you, have you written a song? They looked at me as if I was pretty crazy. You know? <laughs> so they said, come to our studio and, and play us the song and okay. then we'll work on it. You know? So I turned up with my little guitar case and took my guitar out and it was very, very nervous and started playing and singing the song. <laughs> Amazing. And um, about 20 minutes later, one of the guys, Sergio, started playing it on the piano and working out the chords on the piano. It's been an incredible moment. Yeah, it no, come to life in that it, way. It really was, yeah. yeah. And, and then, then they started working on the song and then it all started coming together. And then we got all the chefs involved. Um, we made uh, yeah, a really cool video uh, to go with the song. Amazing. And we're doing it to raise funds for the World Central Kitchen from Jose Andres, uh, who are uh, kind of going all around the world and setting up kitchens and and working with chefs in uh, areas that have been devastated maybe by hurricanes or whatever or in Ukraine obviously by the war and stuff so they're doing a fantastic job That's everywhere great yeah. so where can everyone watch this video if everyone wants to go um, or to it, contribute we'll get a link up on my Mubeno page for this for your yeah, interview that, with oh, a link that'd be great it, so. yeah um, yeah it's called Chef Aid Mallorca we had no idea what to call it so we call it Chef Aid <laughs> call Mallorca call it what it says on the box there yeah. we go. I love it. And, okay. uh, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. Brilliant. And uh, there's a link to where you can donate money to as well. No? So, Fantastic. Uh, there you go, everyone. So once you finish listening to this interview, go and uh, go and hunt down and go and watch Mark and all the chefs of Mallorca and go and donate as well to a really great cause. Thank you so much, Jessica. Wonderful. Mark, thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you so very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. So great to see you here and uh, to see your success. Congratulations. Thank eh? you so much. Right, we're off. We're going to go and have our lunch now. Thanks for being here. Cheers, Mark. Cheers. 
And there we have it. That was Mark Fosh. Great interview. We ended up having a very good lunch at River Cafe as well. And that's it for today. I'll be back, of course, in two weeks' time with another amazing chef to share with you. Another incredible talent and wonderful human being in all the ways. And that's it. Of course, follow us over on My Muy Bueno Chefs if you don't already. And do use our hashtag My Muy Bueno Chefs when posting your best dishes. And of course, to follow and get inspiration from so many others all around the world. And that's it for now. I'll be back in two weeks time. Till then, keep well. Keep well.